Welcome to the Behind the Frame podcast, hosted by me, Rebecca Yale. I'm a destination wedding photographer and educator working in the luxury marketplace, and on this podcast, I'll be pulling back the curtain, sharing what goes on behind the scenes working in the luxury wedding industry. Hey friends, I hope you enjoyed my first episode where I introduced myself and the pod and talked all about imposter syndrome and never feeling like enough, aka perfectionism. If you didn't catch that first episode and those ideas resonate with you, go take a listen and then come on back and join us for episode two. Today I'm going to expand upon one of the ideas that I mentioned at the end of that first episode, and that's the idea of goal setting. I realized about a decade ago that one of the reasons that I never felt like enough was because I was constantly on this never-ending search for external validation, and I was constantly mixing up the idea of a goal and the mechanism to achieve that goal. So I'm going to start out today by talking about the difference between the two and why it's an important concept in the first place. So every year, I'll ask my followers on Instagram what their goals are for the year ahead for their businesses. And so often I'll hear people say something like, I want to get published in X magazine, or I want to redo my website. And the question I always ask them in response is, why? Why are you doing those things? Why do you want those things? And don't get me wrong. Of course, those are really good things for you to do for your business, and they're going to help it in some way. I'm not disparaging them, but those aren't actually goals. Those are mechanisms. The answer to the question of why, now that's your goal. So let's start there. Why do you want to get published in X magazine? Are you trying to reach a certain type of client? Are you trying to build your overall brand's equity? Are you trying to show planners your work is of a certain caliber to be published in this publication? Intentionality is such a buzzword these days, and I hate to like play into cliches, but I truly believe that intentionality is the key to success and to happiness. Because when you are making intentional decisions for your life, for your art, and for your business, you are much more likely to feel fulfilled by them. If your goal is to get published in X magazine, and let's say you achieve it, if you're anything like me, it's going to feel awesome and exciting for all of five minutes, and then you're going to immediately set a new goal for yourself. Or if you're really like me, you probably already set one before you actually achieved it. So you're not even giving yourself that like five minutes of satisfaction of like, oh, I'm awesome. Um, You're just immediately moving on to the next thing. But when you step back and you're focusing on the bigger picture, you're actually going to celebrate your wins. So let's say your goal as a photographer is to work with top tier luxury planners in your area because they're creating the type of work that you want to be shooting because you know that photographing that kind of work is going to lead to more artistic fulfillment. And you also know that you can charge more because their clients are willing to pay higher prices and you want to raise your prices so you can buy a new house, save for your your kid's college tuition, um, take a fancy vacation. Those are the goals. Both of these ideas, artistic fulfillment and raising your prices to pay a bill or put money into savings, those are the goals. Those are the ideas that we want to put at the top of our mountain, or in my case, at the top of my ultimate business goals worksheet, which I use for myself and I give to my students in my 101 and 201 masterclasses. If you aren't in one of my classes, you can make one yourself. Once you know what's at the top of this mountain, you can create an intentional and targeted path up that mountain to achieve your goal. So let's say your goal is to put a down payment on your house by the end of the year, and you know that you need to earn at least $150,000 to do so. That's what you're going to write at the top of your goal list in the financial category. But life isn't all about money, and if we just focus on that, we are likely to work ourselves into the ground, make ourselves sick, and burn out hard. So we also want to consider another two categories when we're setting these goals for ourselves, and those are personal fulfillment and work-life balance. 
Personal fulfillment is all about how your work makes you feel. Are you creating work that feels inspiring, that you're excited about, that you're proud of? That is so important because if you're not, you are going to burn out hard. And also life is way too short to wake up every day dreading what you do. Working in weddings is hard. It's really hard. It is stressful. It is high pressure. It's like a sport. You have to be a little bit crazy to do it. So make sure you're having some fun along the way and enjoying yourself as an artist. The second category is lifestyle, which is the work-life balance element. And this is just as important as those other two. It's all about the lifestyle that you actually want to cultivate for yourself and what you want your life to actually look like. Do you want to be pulling all-nighters, editing around the clock, and working every weekend? How many weekends a year do you actually want to be working? How much time do you want with your friends and family? As an entrepreneur, you get to create your own schedule. So what do you want that to look like? Weddings happen on weekends. We kind of don't have a way around that. So we need to adjust accordingly. And with this comes understanding that we're going to go through different seasons, different phases of our life, and the goals that we put in all these top three categories, finances, artistic fulfillment, and lifestyle are going to change. When I was single and in my young 20s, I didn't mind the hustle. I was building my business and I knew I had to make investments to get from where I was to where I wanted to go. And the biggest asset that I had to invest in myself at that time was my time. So I worked around the clock. I shot anything and everything I could while I was learning and growing. Now I didn't show it all because that would be a big branding mistake to show it all, but I shot literally anything and everything that I could. And I learned valuable lessons from each and every job that I took. Was I fulfilled by everything I was shooting? Of course not. Was I exhausted because I was editing around the clock and taking on way too much work? You bet I was. But I wasn't charging enough yet, so hiring an editor or taking on less work wasn't really an option because the financial goal needed to be met. So the fulfillment and the lifestyle goals took a little backseat for a while, knowing that I was investing in my future and I was going to fill up those two cups soon. Now, I definitely took this to an extreme and I ended up burning out and almost breaking my body and literally not being able to work anymore because I wasn't checking back in with myself and considering that lifestyle piece of the equation. I was only focused on the fulfillment and the financial parts, which were both going great as my business grew and my investment started to pay off. I loved the work I was creating and I was making great money, but I had zero work-life balance. And I'm really lucky that that didn't end my career by making this mistake. As you grow your business, it's really important to check back in with yourself and reassess those three top line categories of finances, fulfillment, and lifestyle. Because when you do, you can be highly targeted and make sure that you're making intentional decisions that are going to get you closer to where you want to go. And it feels a little less big and scary to achieve those goals because now you're creating bite-sized actionable plans to achieve them. So going back to the example that I used before of getting published in X publication, X magazine. Now that isn't the goal. If that's something you want, step back and ask yourself, why do I want this? What's going to happen if you get published there? Why do you want it? And don't get me wrong, getting published is incredibly important and it's such a helpful tool in our tool belt for building our businesses. But when you focus on the why behind the why you want it, the reframing of it helps you be intentional and feel fulfilled once you actually get it, or you can make contingency plans for still achieving your goal if you don't get it. So if your goal as a photographer is to work with top tier planners and charge more, getting in that magazine can absolutely help, but there are other things that you can do too. You can attend a conference, you can attend a workshop, you can do a styled shoot and do networking outreach and so on and so forth. And 
this, so the so on and so forth, is where the analysis paralysis can come in because there are so many options at your fingertips to choose from. So it feels really overwhelming figuring out, okay, but where do I start and what do I choose? It's scary to feel like you might make the wrong investment with your limited resources of your time and money. And we have to not forget that both of those are valuable resources. If you're not valuing your time properly, you are on the express train to burnout city. I break client acquisition down into three categories, branding, marketing, and networking. And you really need all three in some form to build a successful business for yourself. So some examples of branding would be redoing your website or doing a style shoot that's really highly targeted at your ideal client. An example of marketing would be getting published, um, getting one of your real weddings published and getting in front of more potential clients or developing a targeted social media strategy that expands your reach or maybe getting on a preferred vendor listing. And an example of networking would be attending a conference uh, or as a photographer, perhaps doing a shoot with a planner, like branding headshots or a little styled shoot one-on-one with them. When we're making these choices about how to build our businesses and what to invest back into them, we have two resources at our disposal. We have time and we have money. And as I said, both are very real investments. So make sure you are properly valuing your time. So often we'll think we're saving money and then we invest so much time trying to DIY something, but it's actually costing us more in the long run because your time is valuable. It is the one guaranteed non-renewable resource that we have in our lives. Time is precious. And I say that both in the sense that your time is valuable because you could actually be doing other things with that time and earning money, and in the sense that you might be leaving money on the table. So for example, if you're on the fence about investing in maybe a styled shoot that you think could help your business or working with a mentor or another form of education, and you're not sure if you should spend that money or keep going at it alone, you're unsure about the ROI, the return on investment, think about the money that you could be making that you're leaving. If that investment could help you raise your prices by, let's say, $1,000 a wedding and you're shooting about 20 weddings a year, that is $20,000 that you are leaving on the table. And then you have to think about the compounding of that. So the following year, if you continue to raise by $1,000, that's now $40,000 for that year plus the $20,000 from the year before. So now all of a sudden, you've lost out on $60,000 of potential income. And then by the third year, you're losing out on $120,000 in potential income that you could have been making if you had taken the steps to raise your prices three years ago. And this is the idea of opportunity cost. Opportunity cost is a concept in macroeconomics. Every decision you make comes at the cost of making another one. And I'm not going to deep dive too far into this, but there is a wonderful episode of the NPR podcast, Planet Money, that I highly recommend checking out. But in short, it's this idea that every choice we make comes with a cost of not being able to make another choice. So let's say you take on a certain wedding that you don't really want to do, but you got bills to pay, so you're going to take it. There's an opportunity cost there of not being able to take another wedding that might come knocking on your door a month later for that same date or choosing to invest in a styled shoot. That's going to be your full marketing budget for the year. That comes with the opportunity cost of not being able to attend a conference or hire a mentor. And I'm not saying that doing the workshop or taking that wedding is the bad or wrong decision. 
all I'm saying is that we need to acknowledge that it is in fact a decision and the decision comes with the consequences of not being able to make other decisions. Because again, we all have limited resources. We all have limited time and money. Even if those limits might be really big, they still exist for everyone. Do not listen to Lindsay Lohan and Mean Girls. The limit does exist in this case, at least. So this might sound like a downer and you might be feeling even more analysis paralysis, but it can actually do the exact opposite. It can empower you to make really smart and intentional decisions for your business and be highly targeted because see, it all comes back to that flashy little buzzword intentional, because when you're being really targeted and making those intentional business decisions, you can vet them properly and you can see if they really are the right decision to be making to get from where you are to where you want to go. And all of that comes back to deciding where you want to go in the first place, AKA goal setting. See, it all comes back around. You have to start at the top with goal setting. This is the vital first piece of the puzzle that so many people skip over. And it's like starting the puzzle from the inside out. You have to start with the border. You have to have some framework to work within. Otherwise, it's just going to all feel like chaos. So if you feel like your business is sometimes like throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what sticks, try setting your top line goals for these three things, your finances, your artistic fulfillment, and your lifestyle. And then you can work from there considering the opportunity cost of each business decision you make along the way. Are they helping you get closer or farther away from these three top line goals. And all of a sudden, those decisions are going to feel a lot easier because they are now intentional and targeted. When you've set your target, you can know exactly where to aim your dart. And that decision-making process starts feeling a little easier. And I promise you the analysis paralysis will subside, even for the super anxious people out there like myself. So I want to wrap up this episode by sharing one personal example of an investment that I've made in my business. And I'm going to do our first behind the frame together where I share what went into the making of this image. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see the photo here. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple or wherever you listen to your podcast, you can grab the link in the show notes to see the photo that I'm talking about. If you're like me and you like to listen to your podcast while you're driving, you obviously can't click on the show notes right now. So I'll do my best to describe the image. This image is of a bride and groom standing in the middle of San Marco Plaza in Venice, Italy. The plaza is empty other than the couple and the dozens of pigeons which are flying all around them. The bride is in a black Claire Pettibone dress, and the image has a fashion-inspired feeling of otherworldly magical realism, aka not a moment that would have naturally occurred on a wedding day. It is purposefully fantastical. I took this image during a styled shoot that I put on in 2016, and I planned it and put it on with some incredible vendor partners after I photographed a wedding in Italy. I was trying to break into the European market, and I had booked a wedding in Italy, and I wanted to maximize my time over there, so approached a few different vendors about doing a shoot afterwards. And the first few people I actually approached said no because they were too busy. So if that happens to you, you got to try really hard not to get discouraged and keep on asking. Remember that other vendors are on their own journeys and they might be in a different place in their career than you are. Some might only want to participate in a shoot if they're being paid. And maybe that goes into your opportunity cost of this, of paying them. Um, And some just don't want to do them at all. It's really hard when your business is being an artist and they're so heartfelt um, not to take things personally, but we have to really try to remember to not to and keep on rolling. And I share this with you because I am working on it myself. I ended up finding a wonderful partner and I worked with Scent of Orchid on this shoot. She was so great and helped me find the other vendors to collaborate with. And she let me collaborate as a fellow art director. And I was able to work with her on the overall artistic direction of the shoot. I wanted to create more high fashion work, working with brides who were taking more daring fashion choices and appeal to the European market. So I chose this gorgeous black lace dress and we planned the whole shoot around it. 
Having worked in fashion before landing in weddings, I had a passion for these epic singular frames that felt like movie stills and told a whole story in the split second image. I spent months pre-visualizing the shot and I knew exactly what I wanted before I even stepped foot in Italy. I scouted the plaza the day before and I chose this exact spot that I wanted to shoot at and we arrived on the shoot day before sunrise at an ungodly hour so we were in place and ready to go as soon as we had daylight. We had to go first thing in the morning because the plaza gets insanely crowded with tourists and I wanted it empty other than the couple and the pigeons of course to create that sense of like real magical realism fantasy. I wanted the pigeons mid-flight swarming around the couple to add to that surrealist fashion influence aspect of the image. The planner is literally just off camera, literally pelting the couple with birdseed to get the birds flying around them. I wanted to capture some movement in the bird's wings, but have the bride and groom in sharp focus. So I asked the couple who were a model and her real life husband to stand really still for a couple of minutes so I could take multiple long exposures. I used a tripod and I shot about two rolls of film of literally this exact same scene with like little minor adjustments to the couple's pose. And then I allowed various moments to happen within my frame of the birds in movement. So I had the choice in post to have that perfect Henri Cartier-Bresson decisive moment uh, during the culling process, because obviously I couldn't control the birds in my frame. So got to click the shutter a few extra times. I could have saved money and gone to a group styled shoe workshop rather than putting a whole shoot on myself or not tortured myself by getting there at like 5am for this shot or save money and only click the shutter once instead of two rolls for this one photo. But I wanted to create this epic portfolio piece, fashion influenced image, and it I vetted it and it felt like a worthy investment to make. Back in my fashion photography days, I interned for the incredible fashion photographer, well, his foundation since sadly he'd already passed, but Richard Abaddon, and I spent months scanning his negatives into the archive. I would watch Lauren Hutton strut down the Trocadero in Paris in the 1970s over and over again as I scanned film strip after film strip. And I could see on the contact sheets which images Avedon had circled in his grease pen and which the editors at Bazaar and Vogue, Alexander Lieberman and Alexei Brodovich, which were heroes of mine, I could see what they had circled too. And I could see how the tiny difference in a leg movement as they walked or in the gesture of a pinky could make or break an image. I could understand why Avedon was the first photographer to get a million dollar contract with Vogue. And I've always kept that in mind when it comes to my own shooting. It's that attention to detail that sets a good photograph apart from a great one, that creates punctum, that piece of an image that pierces you and stays with you forever. But okay, I digress. I promise I will do whole future episodes on photo analysis, and I'll talk more about these great vocab words from Roland Barthes, Studium, and Punctum. But for now, we're going to talk goal setting and achieving those goals. So I'll get back to my main point. Basically, I spent a lot of time and money to make that single image happen exactly as I envisioned it. And the question becomes, to what end? Artistic fulfillment? Huge check. Checked off. That was a huge piece of why I wanted to do this shoot. I wanted to create for no one other than myself and the other artists involved. And I wanted to feel inspired and refreshed, which I did. But I also wanted to break into the European market and show more work from over there. And I wanted it to be work that I felt incredibly proud of and had the time and space to create, which is something that can be nearly impossible to do at like a large styled shoot where there's like 20, 30 other photographers jockeying for space with the model to get their shot. The wedding that I had shot right before in Ravello was published on Martha Stewart Weddings, and that wedding did help me attract more European clients, but I wouldn't say this shoot necessarily did. I would say the shoot didn't really fall into the marketing side of my business plan. 
However, it did heavily fall into the branding. It showed clients the type of work that I wanted to create and that I could create when given the opportunity. We need to think about our client acquisition strategies with a targeted approach, but also holistically. The photo I took went on to win Belle Lumiere's photo of the year, and it was published in Magnolia Rouge, Style Me Pretty, and a few other international magazines. It became one of my most iconic images that a lot of people still know me for today, which is like almost a full decade later. Did planners see it and call me up immediately? Absolutely not. But when I met planners at the Engage conference the following year and I introduced myself, many of them knew me and knew my name for that image. So this branding piece actually did play an important role in my networking strategy as well. See, remember, it's all puzzle pieces that have to go together and you can't put the cart before the horse. (laughs) I needed that work in my portfolio before I could get in front of the planners and have them take me seriously. So if I'd looked at it from like a straight one-to-one, did this shoot help me book a specific wedding? Again, no, it didn't. But it was a big part of my branding strategy and helped with my overall client acquisition apparatus. So it was actually a smart and well-targeted investment into my business. The opportunity cost of doing that shoot was not going to a conference that year because I couldn't afford to do both. But it was the smarter decision in the long run because it prepared me and positioned me in a better place for networking at a conference the following year. So I hope that example helps when it comes to weighing your own decisions for your business and thinking about the various opportunity costs associated with them. That's why it's so important to start by setting your goals, those top line three goals, because then you can refer back to them when you're feeling that analysis paralysis. Think of the opportunity cost and determine if this is an investment that is moving you closer to or farther away from where you want to go. And if you are one of my students listening in, then I hope you are already using your opportunity cost worksheets. If you're not, make your own, write your goal at the top of it, and then weigh your business decision against the other things that you could be doing with that limited time and that limited money and ask yourself if it's the right decision to reach that goal at the top of your paper. And you know what? If you make the wrong decision, that's okay too. I have a whole other worksheet for that called Valuable Life Lessons, where I reflect on bad decisions that I've made and how I can turn them into lessons that I learn from and then I don't repeat them. Those lessons we learn from our mistakes are so incredibly valuable and they are worthy when we take the time to do that analysis. But that's a whole different topic for a future episode. If it's something you want to hear me talk about, reach out on Instagram and let me know. But I wanted to mention it here because we all need reminding that it's okay to make the wrong decision every now and then. We don't need to be perfect and we actually need to screw up sometimes because that's how we learn and grow and it is all part of your journey. People pay more for an experienced professional because they've made mistakes and have learned from them. If everything you've done your whole career has gone perfectly perfect, you're not going to know what to do when the bride's dress rips in half, the ceremony area floods, the groom gets heat stroke and passes out during family portraits, or a freak hurricane force winds or rips through your entire reception and moves everything inside and now you need to light it all. And you better believe that all of those things have happened at my wedding, sometimes multiple things at one weddings, well, at one wedding, but my client still got all the photos that they wanted because I had my backup plans A through Z to go ready before the wedding started. So I was sure that I got every single photo that they wanted, that they needed. And after the wedding, I could sit down and reflect on what I could do differently and better for the next one. 
Our goals are important. And of course we want to reach them, but life is all about what happens along the way to them. And we need to be kind to ourselves during that journey. And remember that the truly successful people in life are the ones who don't get overwhelmed by the losses. They simply use them to analyze, adapt, and move forward stronger. So be kind to yourself. It is all part of the process. And I want to remind you to dream big. Your dreams should feel scary. And if they don't, they're probably not big enough. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please reach out and let me know if you liked it. Let me know what you want to hear more about. I'll be back next week with more pulling back of the curtain. And I'm so excited that I'll be sharing my very first special guest with you. I can't wait for you to hear what we have in store. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 